This is Simply Meditation, an offering of Center for Self-Care, and your mindful coach, that's me, Mark Balser. Each week at 7.15 p.m. on Wednesday, we have an in-person guided meditation and short teaching at Balance for Life Yoga in Devon, Pennsylvania. Feel free to join us there or listen each week to our intro and guided practice or standalone guided practice. If you'd like to learn more, visit me at www.center4selfcare.com or email me at mark at centerforselfcare.com. Thank you and enjoy. It's interesting how time gets warped and compressed. I have kind of a mantra that I say at the end of my meditations, and I just kind of bow and I say uh, yes to this life, yes to this day, yes to this experience. And it's just kind of a reminder that I don't have much of a choice, at least in the short run. So why don't I just say yes to it? Why don't I allow whatever's happening, but I've kind of shortened it. And so now it's yes to this moment. Yes to this moment. Yes to this moment. We've we've certainly shortened it. So I am sick and tired of poems. I'm sick and tired of readings. If somebody reads another poem to me, I think I'll scream, which means that I won't be uh, burdening you with only any poems today. I have you been getting this? I'll get the same poem four times in a day, or <laughs> or, or at least eight or nine poems uh, sent my way. And it used to be great to get a poem, and now I'm like enough overload. I don't want any more. <laughs> so the word that I wanted to kick around today was uh, solitude. Uh, and I feel like the last couple of days I've I've heard it quite a bit. And of course, solitude uh, different from being alone uh and and people saying that like despite everything that's going on they don't feel like they're getting a whole lot of solitude right now because of how busy things things are so maybe we'll create a little space to do that uh, ourselves to find some solitude at least internally so um maybe just, just taking three or four minutes to practice to ground ourselves settle into this time we've got together Feel like you might let the eyes close. Drawing the breath deeply into the body. Being aware of your experience as it unfolds moment to moment. Letting the body relax and the muscles be soft of the face and the shoulders. Moving your fingers just a bit and letting them relax and loosen. You might envision how you could soften the knees, soften the elbows.
release any tension in the arch and the heel. Using this as an opportunity to let go, letting go into this moment, letting things be just as they are. And perhaps imagining a spaciousness growing inside you. A spaciousness that might allow you to observe your experience in each moment. And as we practice together tonight, we'll cultivate a stillness and a silence that might invite the opportunity to experience solitude, to watch as our mind makes choices, choices to follow a thought, or tell a story, or let an emotion drop into our body. As we slow down a bit, we bring more intention, turning the habits of the mind into a choice. And taking two or three more deep breaths. Perhaps offering yourself some appreciation for taking the time this evening. And then opening your eyes as you're ready. Have you heard of... Uh... The, the fella named Stephen Batchelor. Does that name ring a bell at all? He was on On Being this weekend, which is a NPR uh, a program. And he recently wrote a book called The Art of Solitude. He was a Buddhist monk for about 10 years, from 20 years old to 30. And then he disrobed, so to speak, <laughs> and married a former... Buddhist nun. And so the two of them are a really amazing teaching team. We're going to use pieces of both of their teachings in our practice tonight. But um, they were certainly influenced by um, some Zen traditions, some Korean Buddhist traditions. So a lot of their teaching is in this kind of koan style where they they offer an unanswerable question that you can you can work on for your entire life and Get wisdom, but maybe never answers. Uh, so one of the ones Stephen Batchelor is most famous for 
is a meditation on death. Uh, that is just three phrases that you kind of repeat to yourself and see what comes up. Uh, death alone is certain. The timing of death is uncertain. What will I do? <laughs> so he's got these two heavy, heavy uh, statements. And then the invitation is, what will I do? Which certainly as I'm practicing, it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't take things so seriously. Or maybe I should figure out what's important and what's not and let some things go and address others. But uh, this idea of solitude that he's talking about, I think, is fairly appropriate and applicable to now um, because things have slowed down, but we don't find those uh, solitude moments. I don't know about you, but I've been finding my car is a space of solitude. Not that I have anywhere to go, but you know, I'll have a, a telephone call or a meeting to do and I'll drive to a park and just park my car there and have the conversation there <laughs> to create a new office. One of the meditation groups I uh, sit with on Sunday, the topic was solitude. And so they have everybody share. Uh, and I was recognizing, like you're both saying, that it's kind of hard to find solitude. And for me, one of the gateways right now is actually being with other people. And the first thing that popped in my head when we were sharing that was parallel play. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you remember that. Like, I forget what age that kids engage in parable play, like four years old or something like that. So, you know, two kids building Legos, completely independent of each other in the same room. And so the other day, in a, in a moment of pure insanity, we both decided to work on crafts, which has happened about like three times in the last two months, despite all the time that we have. And so we're sitting on the couch next to each other and I'm doing my uh, latch hooking and she's doing her, her cross stitch. And it was a moment of really meaningful solitude, even though she was there right next to me. So at any moment it could have been broken by, by words. Um, but it was, it was pretty, pretty neat. So I'm trying to think about that as an on-ramp to getting the courage to, you know, throw my phone out the window, at least for a little bit, or lock it in my car. Um, this, I, I do have one reading that may or may not be on topic today, but it's about marriage. Um, and it's from this uh, episode, but the, the poet Rilke wrote in the Letters to a Young Poet uh, about marriage. And it says, the point of marriage is not to create a quick commonality, by tearing down all boundaries. On the contrary, a good marriage is one in which each partner appoints the other to be the guardian of his solitude. A good marriage is one in which each partner appoints the other to be the guardian of her solitude. And thus they show each other the greatest possible trust. A merging of two people is an impossibility and where it seems to exist, it is a hemming in, a mutual consent that robs one party or both parties of their fullest freedom and development. But once the realization is accepted that even between the closest people, infinite distances exist, a marvelous living side by side can grow up for them if they succeed in loving the expanse between them, which gives them the possibility of always seeing each other as a whole and before an immense sky. Each partner appoints the other to be the guardian of his solitude. 
I find myself doing so much recruiting. You know, if I'm in a good mood today, I'm really trying to draw Ellie into the good mood that I'm in. And if I'm in a bad mood, I want to make sure I've got as much facts and data to say, oh, the world's coming to an end. We're never going to get to go outside again. And meanwhile, she's like, I thought yesterday we were saying the opposite. Um, and so uh, respecting and reflecting on that space that we can create for, for each other. Um, and Bachelor in all this solitude work talks about how important it is to go inside ourselves to cultivate wisdom because most often we're, we're trying to help and come out into the world. And without that base of wisdom, our compassion ends up being kind of floppy and not sustainable. We'll go a little bit inside today. Part of the idea behind the solitude is that if we make that space, we can start watching what our mind does, as I suggested in that initial meditation. So the first half of this meditation will be relatively quiet as we watch a thought come up or a sensation come up and just notice our choice whether to follow that stream of thought or maybe to come back to our breath or our body. Uh, and then the choice again, because those ideas, those thoughts, those feelings are going to come and go and come and go, uh, how, we, how we actually make a choice because too often it's just habitual. Um, that's what the mind does, so I let it go that way. But we do have that choice, that option to come back again and again. And in the second part of the meditation, we're going to do a little bit from Martine Batchelor, uh, Stephen Batchelor's spouse. And she has this amazing koan where you ask, whenever you get distracted, what is this? <laughs> so you, instead of using the anchor of coming back to your breath, your anchor ends up being this question, what is this? And you're not really going out and looking for that answer. You're just kind of adding it to the space that you've created, the thought. Say, hey, what is this? Uh, I find it's kind of interesting. Oftentimes it breaks a logjam for me where, you know, I'm just going and going and going. And when I say, what is this? I don't really get an answer, but it sidetracks, it uh, short circuits the train of thought. So I'll guide you through that a little bit and you'll get a sense of it as we practice. It's almost like a naming process, like I'm having this, something has been manufactured by my mind, and now I'm recognizing it and saying, hey, what is this? Uh, and that ends up taking the place of the thought, in a sense. Uh, that's why I called it, in a sense, it's our anchor. So uh, sometimes we'll, we'll get distracted and we'll say, oh, I'm busy paying attention to my breath right now, and you come back to feeling the breath. Whereas in this second half of the practice, we'll offer that question, what is this, as the anchor? And maybe the thought will want to keep going, and then you kind of offer that question again, what is this? And it might you might get some, oh, that's just my you know self-protective system, trying to make sure that I don't get taken advantage of. That's cool to have too, but then you come back to like, what's the next thought, and, and what is this? You ready to practice? Let's do it. Great. So dropping back into, we created a little bit of spaciousness already. You might even envision a big open space in your mind. Letting the breath flow smoothly and naturally. 
Letting the breath be a support as we practice. Coming back again and again to the sensation we feel in the body. The beginning of each breath. The build as the belly expands and the shoulders rise. And the pause before we release the breath back. Relax and soften. There's no need to rush into practice. I'm just beginning by becoming familiar and intimate with the movement of the breath in the body. Should you find yourself attempting to guide or control the breath, see if you can let that go. Moving into the role of the observer. Sensing that this observer can see in every direction, sense with all of the sense organs. The observer listens, smells, tastes. sees and feels. It's almost as if we have five antennas that draw in information from our surroundings. And as this information arises, you can simply watch and notice how the mind responds. Mind is like a sixth sense, creating and processing more information for our body.
And so we might include thoughts and sensations and emotions in our awareness. Letting them come and go. Arriving and leaving our awareness. And as a thought arrives, notice what happens next. Notice the narratives of there it is again, or I hadn't thought of that. The judgments and analysis that keep these thoughts going. But also notice your choice to leave them alone. Letting the distractions of the mind slowly drift off. Perhaps using the breath to come back to presence. Sometimes the working of the mind sneaks up on you and surprises you and all of a sudden you're carried away, even though the intention was to observe, to choose to release whatever arises. Recognizing that this seat of the witness, of the observer, takes work, takes intention. But it also introduces choice into our experience. We see an emotion and we choose not to engage it just for this moment. It's certain to arise again when we're not seated on our cushion. We'll come back to it later.
the mind might notice that it's become quiet or perhaps noisy. Recognizing that's a thought too. Letting go of that as well. Sensing how the breath can serve as an anchor, something to come back to as you observe your experience in this moment. Catching the judging mind, the busy mind. And choosing to release your attachment to it. Simply observing. And as we continue with this meditation, I'll invite you to move to a new anchor, a new object to return to when you catch yourself, gently guiding yourself to ask this question. As something arises, asking, what is this? What is this? Might be an ache in the shoulder, one that reminds you again and again that it needs attention. And you ask, what is this? In this way, you acknowledge it, allow it, and perhaps it might lose some of its charge. What is this? And then something new arises, and you might ask again. message of self-doubt or judgment, you ask, what is this? Not searching for an answer, but allowing that question to occupy the space. 
might be an answer arises, but there's no real need for one to arise for this to serve your practice. What is this? This question might serve to broaden your experience. What is this might be a way to ask, what am I doing seated in this chair? What is this meditation? Or broader still, what am I doing in my life? What is this? What is this? You might stay with thought and emotion, or you might choose to scan through the body, becoming aware of sensations like tingling or pulsing, tension, heaviness, and asking the same question, what is this? What is this? What is this? As many times as you've moved off into the future or back into the past, that many times you can come back using the wisdom of this question, what is this? 
What is this? Recognizing the choice to catch yourself using the anchor of the question or the breath is a way of saying, I, I choose to be still amidst everything that's happening. I choose to be the observer and witness to this moment. so that I might bring discernment to my choices, wisdom and compassion. What is this? In these remaining minutes, you might soften any technique, not needing to return to an anchor, but resting in a moment of awareness, not having to do anything, simply resting in this moment. Reflecting on any insights or changes that you noticed in this practice. Noting what may have been difficult or surprising or interesting. And finally, sharing a wish that the benefits of this practice will accrue to you, those you love in your home and community, and all beings everywhere.